Okay, probably not the way to resolve conflict. Uh, now, I, I was going to do a, a, a bucket illustration today, but for some reason, every bucket in the, in, in the whole city of Grand Island has been bought out. I don't know where they all went to, but uh, I did find one of these cups to use, and this one has a leak in it. Uh, if you were not here last week, you have no idea what I'm doing. So I would encourage you to uh, get on uh, our, our Facebook site or go on YouTube and look at uh, Pastor Travis's message last week. Uh, what was the title of his message, Travis? What's in, What's in your bucket? And I won't be throwing any tables today, but uh, if you want to see that in action, you can, you can look at that and, and make sure you check out that message. It was a great message, and I, I appreciate that, and I just had to play around with that just a, uh, just a little bit uh, these are big things, I'll tell you what. Uh, anyway, so we're, uh, we're, we're talking today about the subject of conflict. Now, let me start off with a question. How many of you enjoy conflict? I think there's always a, a few. Okay, most of us don't, but there are, there are a few. I've met a few that, uh, you know, just that it, it kind of gives them that, that uh, fired up and, and they, that makes them sharp, but... Uh, most of us don't. Uh, let me ask a second question, though. How many of you actually believe that you can escape conflict, all conflict? Okay, and you're exactly right. In fact, you know, even if there was anyone ever who would say probably could escape all conflict, it would be Jesus, and he couldn't. Uh, even within his own family, you know, and those are the ones that are hard, but within his own family, uh, in, in the Gospel of John, we find out here, here and, and actually, watch this statement because it's interesting. Jesus' brothers said to him, you ought to leave here and go to Judas so that your disciples may see the miracles you do. No one, wants, no one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. Now, on first uh, view of that, you might say, wow, this is the, his brothers are encouraging him. They want him to, to uh, you know, get out there and get exposed and more people to follow him. And, uh, but you ever had one of those conversations with, you know, uh, a, the, a person and, and you know, they're saying things in this really sweet way, but they're dropping these little bombs in the middle of it that you, you know are, are meant to uh, kind of put the, do a little bit of the jab. But if you dare bring it up, they're going to say, oh, no, that's not what I meant. Have I ever had that, that kind of a conversation? Yeah, okay, and that's exactly what is going on here. Because notice some, if you go back and look about it, you say, okay, wait a minute, some phrases. You ought to leave here and go to Judea so that your disciples, in other words, we're not, and this is his own physical brothers that are having these conversations. In other words, just saying, we're not followers of yours. So, you know, so your disciples, those one who want to follow you, maybe you ought to go do something with them and for them. But then, then you go on and you read a little further down and he says, no one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Now, when a brother says that kind of a comment to you, you know what they're saying? They're not saying, hey, you really need to get out there and get public. They're saying, you're a big show off. Everybody knows you're trying to say, look at me, look at me. And so, so go ahead, get out there. You need to, why are you hiding out, out here? Head down to Judea, you know, you might as well get your name out there and make a fool of yourself in front of everyone. And, and you know, you might say, well, Paul, you're being a little tough on them, but uh, that's only because I didn't give you the whole passage because it goes on and tells us, for even his own brothers did not believe him. Even Jesus couldn't escape uh, conflict. It's, it is simply a part of life. Uh, and, and, you know, it's interesting. There, there's a lot, because of that, there is a lot in the Bible 
about how to handle conflict, how to respond to it uh, correctly in a godly way, in a healthy way, which is what we all obviously hope to do, hopefully, and I hope that there's a good outcome out of it. So, so because we know it's, it's just a reality of life, it, it's important to have an idea of how to respond to it. Now, since we're doing a study right now, we're looking at one individual's life and, and the way his life impacts others. This, this guy named Nehemiah, in fact, you might want to turn to Nehemiah chapter 5, that's where we are today in, in your Bibles, your devices. And so we've been kind of following along with Nehemiah, and since that's where we are, we'll use what, what he does in the midst of a conflict situation to kind of give us some guidelines. Uh, this won't be an inclusive list, but it'll certainly be some practical implications to how we should respond, what is the right, correct, godly way, uh, which should be our heart as, as followers of Jesus, uh, two conflict situations. And, and so we're going to walk down through parts of this chapter. And, and I won't read it all. I'll read parts of it uh, uh, and just see how Nehemiah deals with conflict. Now, we've been following this for a while. And you, we've, walked, we've watched Nehemiah just walk through some enormous obstacles, you know, starting with him, him up in Persia, 800 miles away from Jerusalem, finding out that things are in disarray down in Jerusalem, the city's in, in, in uh, uh, just torn apart, the walls completely torn down, uh, the, the leaving them unprotected with their enemies and, and not really knowing what he could do about it. And then God opened the, the door for him to go down there himself and actually get involved in, in helping fix things up. And, and they've started that process. We watched them. It seemed like every time uh, they've done, got some progress going, Enemies keep coming out of the cracks, remember? And, and, the, and the list has been growing, as we've seen. As, as uh, Every time they, they go get a step further, some enemies come out. We watch their enemies going from insulting them and mocking them and spreading false rumors to actually a couple of weeks ago, the enemies, that wasn't working. So the enemies actually said, we're going to attack you. Uh, uh, we're going to, when you least expect it, when your backs are turned, when you're working hard on this project and you and you aren't paying attention to what's going on, we're going to come in and we're going to kill you. And, and so they've had to live with that constant pressure and threat. And yet, in the midst of all of that, they've seen God faithfully allow them to move forward. They've had to make adjustments. They've had to think things through, do things a little differently at times. Uh, uh, when we left them off a couple of weeks ago, they were actually having to take turns guarding each other, and, and they would work uh, with their, their tools in one hand and a weapon in another, always ready in case the attack came through, but God protected them from that tra- attack, remember? Uh, he, he, once the enemies knew that they were on to him, the enemies backed off. And so he's seen God do all those things. And, and, uh, but, but, you know, we've talked about this. When, when you're trying, whether it's in your personal life, uh, uh, you, your job situation, uh, church life, whatever it may, may be, when you're trying to serve God faithfully, when you're trying to do what you sense pleases him, the expectation has to be, in fact, we've been warned over and over in Scripture, is that the enemy, Satan, is going to do what he can to stop the movement, stop the forward progress. It's just who he is. We, we've looked at the fact that, that uh, we're told in the Scriptures that he is actually the ruler of this world, the prince of the power of this air, royal world. Uh, obviously, God restrains him. We saw that. If you ever look, read the book of Job, you want to you see that that. Uh, that that power play is going on where God restrains Satan and doesn't allow him to do above certain things. But, but Satan's still at work. He is trying hard to stop any progress that's going on in our lives towards godliness or, or our church or whatever the case may be. And that's, that's just the reality. And, and so 
here we are. We left the, the Israelites. They got to the point where the, what they thought was once an impossibility now is halfway done. The wall has been built up into the halfway spot. So, so tremendous things are happening uh, to them and through them. And, and you know, I'm cert- maybe they're starting to relax a little bit. And just about the time that they're starting to say, we're making progress, you know, we can kind of see the end in sight, this happens. Now, the men and their wives uh, raised a great outcry against their Jewish brothers. Some were saying, we and our sons and daughters are numerous. In order for us to eat and to stay alive, we must get grain. Now, so a conflict arises, and and, uh, uh, they come to Nehemiah, we we got this problem, and here, they're going to learn some, I want to make some observations first from this passage <coughs> about, about conflict. And, and some of them are from the passage, some are just from personal experience. But, uh, but one of the things I want you to notice here is there's a problem. Uh, in fact, it says that they've raised a great outcry. And, and in the Hebrew, that word means intense, loud, and large. You know, it's not just a few. It's not like something that Nehemiah could say, well, you know, there's always a few people that aren't happy, and, and you, just, you just learn to live with that. No matter what organization you're in, you're not going to always please everyone anytime. And, and, uh, so, but it's not that kind of a thing. This is a big deal. Uh, there's a large group, and, and they're, they're very loud. They're very aggravated about what's going on. And uh, there, there's an intensity there that says, we got to do something about this. We, we need to respond to this issue. And, and so then the issue comes out. Here's the problem. Our our sons and daughters are numerous. In order for us to eat and stay alive, we must get grain. So one one problem is they're hungry. Obviously, they don't. They're saying we don't have enough food. So so this they're starting to get out what the issue is. Uh, uh, But then they go on. Then they go on. This is not going on. Will you advance that slide for me? There we are. So they go on. They say, we're mortgaging our fields, our vineyards, our homes to get grain during the famine. Well, so we have a number of things. We have a famine going on. That's not really in anybody's control. That's nobody's fault. Can't blame that on anybody. But, but they fi- finds out, uh, here's the complaint. We're hungry, and we don't have enough money to, to buy food. Now, you know, at first indication, and sometimes this is the way it is with conflict. You, you know, you ever you walk into the house and... Uh, Obviously, there is a tension in the air. I don't know if it's the slamming the doors, uh, the dirty looks, the, the constant size, but something tells you in your, in your very observant state that something's wrong, and you ask your spouse or, or someone in the family, say, so is something the matter? And, and what do they say? Nope, nothing. Well, you're, if you're dumb, you're going to accept that. If you're not, you're going to say, no, there's something to matter. And, and so, you know, so maybe you try to figure it out. Or maybe, or maybe they say, you know, well, here's what's the matter. I had that happen one time in my relationship, early in my relationship with Mary Lou. Uh, you know, we never have conflict anymore, but we used to. Uh. <laughs> so, but I, I remember one day I, can, I come home. I'm a newlywed. I come home, and I walk into the house, and I can tell she's miffed about something. And, and, uh, and I said, uh, so something happened today? Is something the matter? And nothing? Well, I can tell something's the matter. And she says, it's the garbage. You never take the garbage out. Well, you know, if, if I would have taken that right there, I would have said to myself, one, it was one of those times where God said there's more to this, but I would have said, really? You're this miffed about the garbage? You know, when I grew up in our house, it's whoever was by it when it was full, you got to take it out, or whoever was close to the mom, and I think I shared that with you before. But, but uh, uh 
So if you, you look at this, Nehemiah could have said, well, wait a minute, here's the problem. You don't have enough food. But now I find out you don't have enough money. So, so if I want to do a deduction here, if I'm going to find the easy way out, I'm going to decide that maybe you're not using your money well enough, which is why you don't have enough food at the end of the month or enough money at the end of the month to buy your food. And problem solved. Start using your money better, and then you won't have that problem anymore. And that's sometimes what we do in conflict. We, we kind of say, uh, we take the obvious, we think, oh, that's the answer, and so we, you know, so the problem is garbage, and, and uh, so I can either take the garbage out or I can let her have it for being so dumb about garbage. Uh, it's one of those times where I was a little smarter than that, and I said, hey, something else going on here, and I found out her dad always took the garbage, so she thought that was the man's job, and, you know, he was a milkman, so he would take the garbage with him on in the morning when he left and throw it in the dumpster at work, and so once that was figured out, I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I can do that, but... Uh, so, so, you know, it could have, Nehemiah could have said, well, here's the problems. But then there's another element. He's paying attention here because it's, it's not just about the food. It's not just about money. They, they're actually mad at their family, their Jewish brothers and sisters. And, and uh, that's the outcry. They're angry at each other. And so this is obviously bigger than just what he sees at first hand. So, so some observations that, that I would like to make is, is number one, uh, when, when you sense the conflict, the tension, don't accept the initial reaction. And this is just observations I'm going to make, but I think you see them here. Don't be willing to look past that initial reaction. Assume that there might be or probably is more to what's going on than, to, than what I'm just seeing here. Uh, and, and, and especially, as I think, not, well, I shouldn't say especially, but Christians will often try to immediately put this into a spiritual realm and say, well, you know, I don't know what your problem is, but really, if you are godly, whatever it is, you shouldn't be so upset about it. And, yeah, that's not a good plan. Another thing, be, be careful about rushing to judgment and quick fixes. You know, uh, it would have been easy for, for Nehemiah at this time to just say, well, okay, uh, we just need to get some more food in here or, or we need to have some financial planning seminars because obviously you people don't use your money right and, and uh, so, but, so you've got to be careful because, you know, sometimes, especially men, I think we have a tendency, we want things to be fixed. And I'm not, you know, any, anytime you make a generality, that's a dangerous place to be. But we want things fixed, and so sometimes we c- try to come up with the, with the quick fix. Be careful about that. Uh, another observation, well, I'll come back to it in a moment. He goes on. He's, Nehemiah's digging, and, and he's digging into what's, going, what's really going on here, which is always a good plan in conflict. So others were saying we've had to borrow money to pay tax, pay the king's tax on our fields and vineyards. Oh, okay, so there's another reason behind the finances than just the fact that they're misusing their money. They're, there's a tax issue, and, and uh, it's, a, it's a bigger issue. In fact, uh, uh, things continue to go on. Sometimes what you find out, if, if you're wise in a conflict, is you realize that the issue is not really the issue here. And so Nehemiah is asking these questions and he's investigating. And, and so he goes on. Still others were saying we have had to borrow money to pay king's tax on our fields and vineyards. Although we are of the same flesh and blood as our countrymen, and though our sons are as good as theirs, yet we have to subject our sons and daughters to slavery. Whoa, okay, wait a minute. What began as what looked like a pretty simple thing, you know, not enough food, probably because they're not using their money well and they're, you know, and it, it's really grown because Nehemiah's taking the chance to say, you know, what's really the problem here? What is, 
really going on? What, not what looks shows up on the surface. Uh, what's, what's behind this? And all of a sudden they find out, hey, this is a big deal. This is, there's, some, there's some mistreatment going on here. There is, in fact, more than mistreatment, uh, there, there are some really ungodly things happening amongst the Israelites. Uh, and, and, and so, you know, at this point, if I was Nehemiah, here's kind of what I would say. This would be a real good time to go back to Persia, you know. This has gotten way too big, much, much too deep. You know, I, uh, I, I thought, you know, we could handle this simple. It's not going to be simple, but that's not what Nehemiah does. Uh, go ahead and advance the next slide. Even though he finds out, he finds out it's a big deal. They're actually having to start sell their sons and daughters to pay their taxes, let alone to buy food. Uh, next slide, please. And that's a huge thing. So. Be willing to look past initial reaction. Be careful of rushing to judgment uh, and quick fixes. And sometimes the issue is not the issue. Uh, this is much bigger than they ever anticipated uh, that it was. And, and so it's important. And, that's, and these are just observations about conflict. I want to dig into how he responds next. But just to, let me start there. You know, when you're in conflict, you know, have a heart for, for the other person. You know, what happens, what tends to happen in conflict is we have this tendency that our, our initial reaction is, you know, to defend. And that's really a dangerous process to start thinking about how we're going to respond, how we're going to answer, uh, you know, how ungodly what they are, how we need to put them in their place, how we need to remind them what, spiritual, what a spiritual person does in these kind of situations. And instead of hearing them and and, and even asking the question, at least in our own heart, what's behind this? What is going on? Because uh, this is a big deal. He said, they go on, some of our daughters have already been enslaved, and we're powerless because our fields and vineyards have belonged together. It has gotten so bad that really they've, they've gotten between that rock and hard place. They have already sold their fields trying to pay their taxes. So now their fields are gone. And, and now they still owe money. Now they, and they still don't have enough crops. And plus they're in the middle of famine. And here's another thing. I suspect, although it's not in here, I suspect some of them are probably aggravated at the Nehemiah. I mean, you're the one that's got us in the middle of this thing. You know, right? We're, we're doing what we're doing. We're rebuilding this wall because you came and gave us the Lord will speech, you know. And so we're trying to please God. And, and instead of being out in the famine, especially tending to our fields, making sure things are going well, we're here working here all day long in dangerous situations. And, and all this happened, started happening when you showed up on the scene. And I suspect, man, this is, this is, a, this is a bad scene. And, and, you know, there's nothing... You, you, can, you can deal with a lot of things, but boy, when you have conflict in your family, uh, uh, as in this situation, their fellow Jews, you know, as hard as having enemies attack from the outside was, this is really hard. This, is, this has the potential of stopping everything, of shutting it down, which is exactly what Satan has in mind. So let's look at how Nehemiah responds to this, and this is worthless, so <laughs> we'll not even use that. Uh, but first, let me set the stage with this. Why did you do this, Allie? This is terrible. Oh, great. <laughs> this is Michael's giraffe. He's crying now. Why did you do this? Cause. Cause is not an answer. Active listening. Ray, that doesn't work. It works. I just use it on the worst kids in the neighborhood. Would you? <laughs> Look at this. Look what she just did. Try it. Try it. No, Ray. I'll do it. You want me to do it? No, I'll do no, it. no, no, no. <laughs> 
Okay. Allie, let's talk about what you did. I don't want to talk. Are you feeling angry? Reflect back. You're, you're angry? Yes. Okay. But it's not okay to rip up toys when we're angry. Ah, uh, 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 judgmental. <laughs> you are angry because... Um... Because it used to be your toy. Oh. Yes. I see, I see. You think that um, Mommy and Daddy pay too much attention to Michael and Jeffrey. Right, okay, I was handling this. They get everything. Right, and you're upset because we gave them your old giraffe. I still liked it. But you weren't playing with it. But that doesn't matter, though, because <laughs> it was still yours. And you're mad because we gave it to Michael without asking you, right? Right. Well, uh... Mommy and Daddy made a mistake. And, and everybody makes mistakes, right, Mommy? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you feel better now, Allie? Yes, can I have the giraffe? Well, it's broken, honey. I know, I want to try to fix it for Michael. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you, Daddy. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can't believe it. It's pretty amazing. Oh. You did it. Anything else need taken care of while I'm around here? No. What? What's the matter? <laughs> Nothing with you, obviously. Don't go by me. I'm a natural. <laughs> Where are you get it? Oh, look. <laughs> <laughs> so proud of yourself. Listen, if I hadn't dragged you to that stupid class, you'd still be standing there going, hey, no TV. You're feeling inadequate because I mastered it before you. Oh, don't no. give me that active listening crap. Where do you get off listening to me? Never happened again. Uh, somehow, you know, somehow Ray fixes someone thing and breaks the other one while he's on it. I don't know. That's just a, a special gift. But let me walk now through through uh, some things in this passage that I see Nehemiah, that, that he does that I think are really important. And, and here's the first one. And it fits in with what we talked about in observations a moment ago. But, but first of all, make sure you understand what the issue is. You know, uh, don't jump to a conclusion. I got this figured out. It's about trash because it's probably not. It's probably something quite a bit bigger. And, and Nehemiah just does a, a wonderful thing. He's, and, but here's, here, this caught me by surprise because Nehemiah asks these questions, he digs deep into the issue, and then this verse jumps in there. When I heard their outcry and these charges, I was angry. And I'm thinking, oh, well, great. The one guy they're, re they're relying on to help them figure this out and resolve it, now he's ticked off. And, and in fact, it's interesting, that word uh, very means I'm consumed, and angry means, if in the Hebrew, I'm incest. So this, he's not just mad. He is, he's furious. When he finds, when he gets to the bottom of the problem and takes the time to ask the questions, he's, he is furious. And, and, you know, it's really interesting because sometimes, especially in Christian circles, we're like, oh, that's a no-no. You're, you're not allowed to get mad, you know. You're, we're, you know, Christians are not supposed to get mad about things. You know, that's not, that's not biblical. That's not true. Uh, in fact, listen to this verse. Uh, go ahead and be angry. You will 
you do well to be angry. Well, wait a minute. Uh, we'll look at another translation in case, later because you got to kind of wonder. You're actually, it's, it's sometimes you should be angry. But don't use your anger as a fuel for revenge. And don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. A couple other translations, especially the first part. Uh, this is a new international version. It says, in your anger... Do not sin. You're going to get angry sometimes, but, but in your anger, don't sin. But I really like the, the New American Standard Version because it really does the best job. Be angry. There are some things that actually, in fact, I would say probably when we come to conflict, there's probably something in the mix there that should make us angry. Be angry, but don't sin. And, you know, the reality is in, in conversation, and I can think of, I could give you lots of illustrations in, within my own marriage. Uh, and I would use myself as the illustration is, you know, we get into this and I can tell my wife there's a frustration or an aggravation. There's conflict. And, you know, sometimes as as we get into the conversation, I find out partway down it that, that and, and this happened to me recently uh, uh, where my wife's away now. She's back east for for a week uh, visiting the grandkids and the kids. And my wife has terrible se- separation anxiety. She's probably going to listen to this. I'll get in trouble. But she had, and so. And, and so as time gets close for, her, for us to be separated, she, she really goes through some, some struggles. She'll do the same thing when she has to come home in a week. I want you to know that with the grandkids too. But it's part of the process. And, I, and she's getting irritable. And, I, and so all of a sudden I'm getting really angry. I'm thinking, what has she got to be mad about? And then it dawned on me. We do this every time. And I know. I know what's going on in her heart. I know this is a hard time for her. And I got angry. And myself for missing it again, you know, how, how many times we've got to do this before I figure out that this is, she needs a little bit, there's extra attention that needs that period of time. So, so it's right to be angry. It is wrong to allow that anger to lead you into sinful response. And, and so Nehemiah has every right to be angry. He should, he's furious about what has been taking place, but make sure you point your anger in the right direction. And here's the third one. This is, it goes on. So, so Nehemiah is furious. And then it says, I pondered them in my mind. As he thought, he's before, he's really, really mad. Injustice, sin, sinfulness has taken place within the Jewish family. There are, are people doing bad things to their fellow Jews. And he is angry about that. But notice his first response is, I stopped and, and pondered it. You know, when I was a kid, uh, when my my dad and my mom, but my dad especially, we spanking was a part of daily. Well, you know, for my brothers anyway, it was a daily thing. For me, you know, it wasn't. Uh, if you believe that, you could, I'll sell you some land, swamp land. But uh, you know, but sometimes when you did something really bad, here's what would happen. Here's the, here's the scenario. Happened a lot of times when when dad was really mad. You could tell he's really mad, and you'd done something really bad. Here's what he'd do. He'd say, Paul. I want you to go to your room. I'll be in in a minute. I knew a spanking was coming, and I'd go to my room. And sometimes that minute would be a half hour. There are a few occasions where it was an hour. Now, as a kid, I'm thinking he's just trying to add to the torture, you know, making me wait. But that's not what he was doing. My dad was really, really mad. He knew he needed to calm down. He needed to think this through so that he responded in a godly way. And so he would make us wait in our room while he was, while he was pondering as long as it took to where he could come in and take care of it in, in a right way. And, and, and that's just such a wise thing that we learn from 
conflict management. You get in the conversation, and there are times in the conversation where you're, you, you're coming to the issue, and you realize, okay, I, gotta, I'm not, I can't respond right now. I shouldn't respond right now. I need to stop and think a little bit because I want to make sure when I do respond that I'm being godly, that, that I'm saying the right things, that uh, I'm responding to what really is going on there, and that's exactly what he did. In fact, uh, Ray Steadman says about this, in spite of his intense anger, he did not take immediate action. Rather, he backed off, got control of himself, and did some very careful and serious thinking. What a, what a wise thing to do. Think through the issue, determine the most godly response. That's, that's what we see here, and that's what Nehemiah does, and that's, this is such, I mean, I, I get amazed. The Word of God is so practical. You know, I hear, I hear people that are ignorant about the Word of God saying, well, it's an ancient text. It doesn't really matter. They, if you haven't spent any time in it then, Nehemiah does those things. And then he says, I, I pondered in my mind and then accused the nobles and officials. I told them, you're exacting usury. That's interest that is out of, out of range. It should not be done to your fellow countrymen. So I called them to get together a large meeting to deal with them and said, as far as possible, we have bought back our Jewish brothers. We're sold by the, to the Gentiles. In fact, here's the thing. He's saying when, when Nehemiah first got here, a lot of their Jewish brothers and sisters were enslaved to the Gentiles. They'd had to sell themselves to the Gentiles because of financial things. And he says, we went to all the trouble to buy them back, and now you're, you're, you're buying, they're becoming slaves of each other? What is wrong with you? So, he, so you know, here's the thing. Here's a fourth one. Deal with the person. You know, we, we do this badly. We, we you know, we're, we're, we sense a conflict or there's an argument or whatever, and, and instead of going to the person that the problem is with, we talk to everybody else. Yeah. Or in Christian circuits, we pray. You know, we bring up in a prayer request, you know, let's, let's pray for, you know, so-and-so. I don't know what their problem is, but they're mad at me, for, you know. And, and that's so ungodly. Once Nehemiah got to the bottom, he went to the, pre- the people that needed to hear the conversation. He dealt with the person a- a about the issue. And, and so that's very important. Uh, let's see what else we can learn before we close. They kept quiet because they could find nothing to say. You know what that tells me? You know, here's what the other thing. I don't know about you, but uh, some of us in this room are list keepers. And so, you know, first of all, we have a hard time dealing with conflict, so we let it get... It has to get pretty big before we finally get up the anger enough to deal with it. So then what we do is, when it comes time to dealing with it, we, we have a whole bunch of past things that we kind of kept track of. And so now we have the opportunity. I'm finally aggravated enough that I am going to confront them. So I'm going to go through the whole list. And you know what happens when you do that? You lose it. You lose, it, you lose the opportunity. Uh, you know, and, and why, why when Nehemiah confronted the, the nobles, why did they have nothing to say back? Because he was careful to deal just with the issues at hand. You know, or we do this, you always, or you never. Anytime you throw those words in, you're gonna, you, you've already started down the wrong path. Because what they're thinking in their mind is, I don't always. You're wrong. And, and so now they're, fought, now they're coming back with the argument. So, so he was very careful to deal with what the issue was, and because of that, the, they had nothing to say. They knew he was right. So, so don't get sidetracked into other things uh, that, that might get you off track of what you're trying to resolve in the middle of this. And then goes on and says, and give back, as he goes on, give back immediately their field. You know, here, here's the, the last thing on the list, if I can get the list, is 
Don't put this stuff off. Yeah, I, I know, uh, me included, a lot of us are conflict avoiders. You know, we kind of hope, well, if I wait long enough, it'll go away. That's usually not the case. And, and then especially once you find out what the source is, and especially when you know it has to do with your response, and, and even if it isn't, you know, you know, we tend to do this, well, it wasn't my fault. You know, my father always said, you know, Paul, deal with the 20% that it is because it almost at least that much. And don't even worry about the 80%. Make sure, you know, once you know what the problem is and what you can do about it, don't put it off. Don't wait. Don't hope that it just, well, it'll go away because it doesn't usually. It builds, becomes much bigger. And, and so just some really practical stuff here about responding to conflict, which we've all admitted is part of life. It's for all of us. Uh, if you're involved in conflict right now, this would be a really good list to kind of play back today and say, okay, did I really look for the source? Did I really understand the situation? Did I respond in a godly way? Uh, even though I was angry, did I, did I make sure that I thought this through before I responded? And am I, am I dealing directly with the person and the issue that's going on? Did I bring in a bunch of junk that I didn't really need to bring in because it didn't help anything? It just escalated it? And is there someone that right now I know I'm in conflict with that I've been putting off? I need to take care of this. I need to make things right. You know, here's the, here's the thing. Everyone in this room, at least at one point, was in conflict with God. Now, if you've responded to his offer of his gift of forgiveness, you're not any longer. But, but every one of us were. Some of you may still be. And here, God set the example for us because he moved towards us. Somebody has to move forward in conflict. Somebody has to go in with the heart that says, I want to resolve this. I want restored relationship. I want restoration. And so in our situation, God did that. He, even though he didn't do anything wrong, he, he legitimately could say, this is not my fault. That, will, that wasn't his concern. His concern was, I want relationship. I want restoration. And so he moved forward towards us. He took on himself responsibility for our wrongs. He provided what was necessary so he could forgive us, and then he offered you and I as a gift forgiveness. And I want to say to you this morning, if you haven't responded to that offer, it's a really good day to do that. His heart for you is he wants to be in relationship with you. Right now he's saying, I am standing here ready to forgive you for everything that's ever caused a conflict between us, and even the things down the road, if you just accept my gift of forgiveness. If you want to talk more about that, I would love to have that conversation with you. If you have questions, I will do my best to answer whatever they are. But let's go out of this service today committed to being godly, even in the midst of conflict, so that stronger relationships are a part of the product. Father, thank you for this opportunity to think this through. I, again, I just, I'm amazed your scripture is so down to earth, so rubber meets the road, so practical. Lord, we were walked through some information. We watched Nehemiah in the midst of what could have been a, a very destructive. This, this Jewish family could have blown apart in the middle of this had not Nehemiah been so godly and wise in his dealing with the conflict. And Lord, in, in our own situation, sometimes it's marriages, sometimes it's work, and uh, sometimes it's church families. And Lord, in the middle of all that, you're, we're never off the hook. Our, 
our response needs to be godly. Our response needs to be well thought out and prayed through. Our response needs to be with a heart that says, what's really going on here? What, what is the issue? Maybe the issue behind the issue. Give me a sensitive heart, God, to my brother, my sister, my wife, uh, my husband. Uh, help me to respond to their heart, their need. And, and Lord, thank you for leading the way, for providing a way for our conflict with you that was totally because of our actions and decisions and sinfulness. But you provided a way for there to be reconciliation because that's where your heart was, to be in relationship with us. And so, Lord, help us to do that well as your children. Pray these things in your son's name.